0: Welcome to class, guys. It's the latest episode of Knife Hour, and I'm super excited because we have a great guest for you. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. Yes, we do, and today I'm super excited because we have a guy who's doing the next level of movie. We're not talking in a cinema, we're talking right in your home, on YouTube, on YouTube Red. He's killing the game. You know him most likely from Totally Sketch, which is the show we started like in YouTube's infancy before we knew what YouTube was really going to be, and he monetized that and made a career for himself, and it's so exciting to have Michael J. Gallagher in the studio. Hi, Michael. How you doing? Hi,
1: guys. I'm just enjoying this water.
0: <laughs> yes. Um I'm Joel Monique as always and to I'm my left. Tiger Ed, hello. Yes. Um so we're really excited today. I, I don't wanna take a lot of time doing this intro because I want to make sure we get all the information that we can take from you and, and use to the, the best of our abilities.
1: I am here. I'm a sponge full of liquid and you can ring me out
0: yes. all over this podcast. I love it, I love it. Um I wanted to start with my, my favorite question for everyone is when did you first realize you were in love with cinema? Uh,
1: I was one. Yes. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I believe you and I'm fully in the story I'm vested
1: uh, yeah no I think uh, I, actually one of my earliest memories is um, seeing Captain EO oh, at yes. Disneyland Disney. if you remember that
2: We're out. yeah, Michael Sorry, Jackson
1: Michael Jackson's like a space cadet yes. and it's frightening and I just remember <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs <laughs> let me out I was just like screaming like get me out and my parents had to take me out of the interactive Disney experience oh
2: my gosh because it
1: is 3D, right? Because it was 3D, and I was a baby, and I don't know if they put glasses on me. I can't really remember. But I was just bawling. Like, I had to get out. So I knew at that moment I had to make cinema.
0: Just because of the visceral reaction? Yeah,
1: I think so. And then I think that has probably been uh, a recurring theme in this what I do. Explains... It has to have visceral reactions.
0: This explains a lot about your films now. <laughs> I feel like this puts things into perspective for me. Um, okay, so how long after that do you start making movies? I know you started young.
1: Yeah, no, I I mean, uh, it was one of those things where, I, you know, I was an only child. I didn't have siblings, so I just had a lot of free time on my hands. And so my parents, uh, you know, had some, you know, kind of, like, home video equipment. My dad was one of those, like, I'm going to film things. <laughs> you know, like, he would, like, go to the baseball game and film the baseball yes. game. And, like, tapes that no one would ever see and that, you know, they just pile up. And right. <laughs> what are they for? Nobody knows. <laughs> uh, so when he wasn't using it, I just started, like, kind of, you know, poking around like shooting little short films and things and i think i was in like fourth grade so
0: wow so this Young. is what like t- 10, 10 maybe yeah wow. i was about
1: 10 when i started fiddling with it and iMovie came out on the you know early apple computers mm-hmm. on the iMac um around that same time so i started getting into editing and i just was kind of hooked right away
0: so you've been diy the whole time
1: all diy every day Love who it.
2: are your biggest influences at that age
1: At that age, um, well, you know, I I think uh, at that age I wasn't really aware of necessarily, like, oh, I'm going to follow filmmakers. It wasn't really until I went to the New York Film Academy that (laughs) I started to kind of take it more seriously and, like, look into directors' work and their filmography and things. But I think at that time, like, my family, like, we love... They love extreme things. So I was exposed to, you know, like a lot of Saturday Night Live kind of like comedies, you know, like anything with like Chris Farley Mm, or Adam Sandler, like in the 90s, I was like all up in it. Um, but then, you know, my parents would show me like really crazy R rated movies too. Like I would see like pulp fiction when I was like mm. seven. No. And <laughs> yeah, and like, you know, whatever, Dances with Wolves and all these things that maybe like a kid shouldn't see. Shouldn't, yeah. Um but yeah, so I was just kind of being exposed and numb to these things. Um but some of my favorite directors are Robert Zemeckis, you know, it's done like mm. Forrest Gump. I remember that had like a big impact on me and contact. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And so I just uh, I just like people that uh, that tell kind of a variety of stories, not just you know the the type of director who just does one thing. I like yeah. people who are more diverse. In there.
0: And you actually did the the knife like summer camp, right? Like as mm-hmm. a teen, I heard uh, that you did like a dinosaur movie. I did. <laughs> Can you tell us about it because it sounds amazing? Yes,
1: that was my first. I think official film yes. uh, was a short film. It was called To Be Continuity, which I still don't know if I know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> but the idea was we shot on this like Jurassic Park set on the back lot, and uh, the idea was a, a guy gets off one of the trams on the back of Universal Studios and he is walking around like taking pictures and he sees uh, a sign. He accidentally steps on a, a grass, a patch of grass, and there's a sign that says, don't, you know, keep off the grass. And so he's like, oh, I stepped on the grass, nobody's doing anything. So then he uh, opens his fly and uh, proceeds to uh, urinate on the grass, uh-huh. and he's enjoying it, and he's like, yeah, 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 "Yeah, I'm doing this. Like, I'm a rebel." And then, as he's doing that, uh, a dinosaur from Jurassic Park comes and chases him, and then pees on him Amazing. as sort of a comeuppance. So it's a moral tale of follow the rules. So, um, wait, now how did you get?
0: On. How did you get this dinosaur in your picture? Oh uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So I. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I had uh, used the kind of like this is I think pretty Lord of the Rings. I used like Lord of the Rings kind of technology uh, where we would have a toy dinosaur close to the oh lens of goodness. the camera, oh, forced perspective, wow. and have the actor far away, uh, who was Eric Connor, who was my TA at the time, who <laughs> you know big shout out to him, I love it. Uh, and who <laughs> was willing to get peed on for us. Uh, and so uh, I would chase. We'd have the dinosaur close to the sixty millimeter camera lens, and the actor maybe 40 feet away and so mm. you know forced perspective it looked like there was a dinosaur close up and he was far away of course it looked very um roger corman uh on a bad day i still oh
0: gosh, it's awesome of you to, to tackle something especially for something you call, consider your first film they were mm. like ready to tackle that and could perceive how that would work so i remember my first film and i was like is the film loaded correctly right <laughs> like my main <laughs> concern so it's really awesome what? Um, yeah, go ahead. Are you sure you guys yeah, know yeah. yeah it it ahead? Ahead. <laughs> um, but, I did? <laughs> I was guys. wondering, uh, uh, so uh, how many videos do you think you shot between that first video with Naifa to posting your first video on YouTube?
1: Well, it was quite a period of time because uh, I was at Knife, uh, I think like around 2004 uh, when I was doing those early shorts, and so YouTube I think came in like 2007, 2008, so I was posting like things that weren't necessarily, you know, for anyone, I was just kind of putting things up, like maybe some shorts I had done. Um, And then it wasn't until after high school um, when I, I got a job at this place called Mahalo, Um, And they were doing, like, early YouTube videos. Uh, I started to see, oh, you can actually upload things and put ads on them. And this could be, like, a job if you took it seriously. So I ended up quitting that and starting Totally Sketch in 2009. So I consider that, like, my first YouTube video that I put out there intentionally in in 2009, in March.
2: Do you ever read comments of your own videos? Oh, yeah. And (laughs) do you ever regret reading comments of your own videos? Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. Uh, no, yeah. YouTube comments—it's basically um, the worst of humanity. Uh, it's full of trolls. <laughs> it's full of trolls, but uh, really, what you know—you get you get kind of everything. You get people who fall in love with what you're doing, who are huge Uber fans, and then at the same time, you get people that may be like looking at you from like a telephoto lens, like plotting <laughs> to murder you. Oh no! And so you kind of get everybody, and so I I learned very quickly to like you take the good and the bad the same way. So it it kind of helps you stay a little more grounded because you don't believe necessarily the amazing things and you don't necessarily believe the horrible things that are said. And so you kind of end up with something in the middle which I think you know can help keep you sane.
0: Right. Do you make adjustments based off of things you read, or is it more just to kind of see how things are hitting?
1: Definitely, yeah. I, I actually I do like seeing what the reaction is. Like in a general way, you can see if some people like it or don't like it. You know, mm-hmm. and and there are like the super fans that will have constructive criticism, or they will like people that have been there all the yeah. way through. Mm-hmm. Like it's like fans of a TV show. It's like if you're invested in those characters, you're invested in that storyline, like when they do something that upsets you and you voice that opinion in an intelligent way, I think it's important to listen.
2: What was that whole rise of YouTube like? Because you were there when it exploded. Did you Mm. notice a difference in the way you... Did anything?
1: Well, present. when it was happening, it wasn't it wasn't something that everyone was really noticing or taking a part of. It was kind of like a sneak attack in a mm. way because, uh, you know, most of the people that became successful from it were just kind of flipping on a webcam, talking to it, um, sure. being real, you know, or they were doing a funny character or something. It was really raw, unpolished kind of stuff. And that's actually what made me interested, uh, as I saw so much talent on there, but I saw there weren't really any filmmakers who were taking YouTube seriously. So I thought, well, what if I took the the kind of, you know, skills I've been learning, like doing short films and Mm -hmm. music videos, what if I brought that to some of this talent and kind of helped elevate what they're doing, and then together we can grow. And that... Strategy seemed to work really well because I would offer my services as a director to all these kind of YouTube, you know, phenoms who were coming up, and then in return they would show up in my videos. So we were like cross promoting oh, and kind great. of creating these things. So it was, um, it was, it felt very like. Uh, it was like a commune in a way, or like you know, it was like everybody pitching in to help out. There weren't a lot of egos yet because like you know, nobody was. You know, it wasn't mm. popping yet. Um, but now I think people coming into it, it's like a whole industry. There's so many uh. companies that were built from it, and millions of dollars. Like some people make millions and millions of dollars yeah. making YouTube videos. So it's it's changed and it's become a little more Hollywood now. But I mean, when I say now, it's like it's only been <laughs> like eight eight years, ten yeah, years, right. like uh, since it's been going. So it's it's been an interesting uh, transition.
0: I was listening to. Donald Glover talk on a THR Roundtable the other day about when his group first started in about 08 and he was like he had to convince people because you know back in the day it was like some old music videos and then like a lot of pet videos, <laughs> like kitten my videos, yeah. exactly. Mm. Um, so he was like, people would watch it. They be like, "This is fake." He's like, it, "It's a production. <laughs> like it, it's a it's a performance." Did you mm. like? I'm so curious about the early days of YouTube because I think a lot of people take it for granted now. Mm. Um, and so I was wondering if did you have to feel like you had to explain your work when you were first doing it, or were you able to kind of find an audience that knew exactly what you were going for right away?
1: I I don't know if anyone knows what I'm doing <laughs> now, so <laughs> I don't know there's ever been like (laughs) that clarity um yeah because i think the internet succeeds uh if you make something on the internet and put it out there i think the things that succeed are the ones that have an element of mystery of like what is this is this real is this is this person really going through this is this scripted like what's happening like i think there needs to be a bit of mystery to it to kind of catch people's attention i find that with most viral videos that, that go big um, there's definitely an element of like is this staged is this real like there's a debate like people are trying to figure it out
2: speaking of viral videos what do you think makes a video go viral like what element does it have
1: um, well I think it's uh, you have to look inside of uh, a human and you have to look inside their deepest and darkest things that they might google and search for uh, when no one is looking <laughs> and if you deep if you go deep and you find those truths that people will search for when no one is around you will find things that will go viral <laughs>
0: I'm very concerned about oh what people God. are going to be googling <laughs> to try to get viewers out
1: but in a way I feel like that's i mean even with the like the election I feel like that a lot of what happened with the election is like people who believe these crazy things like you know that were all people were searching in the privacy of their own home like believed these different you know kind of outlandish things that led to so much you know whatever fake news or things that mm-hmm. were going around that right. you know kind of created so much confusion nobody knew what was fact what was fiction who to trust who to believe and you know and here we are
0: <laughs> yeah tell us about your like your favorite project that you've ever worked on
1: Favorite project or
0: like video for Totally Sketch?
1: They're like my children.
0: I know you can't pick one. No, I'm you, gonna can. Sophie's choice <laughs> you can. You can. Sophie made a choice, and so can you. <laughs> that's dark.
1: Uh, that's funny. Um, well, yeah, I think in different way. Like uh, with Totally Sketch, uh, there's this video we did called "The Reverse Breakup" that I, I think is is really funny, and um, you know, it stars Steve Green, who's you know someone that. I met in context as an actor and he kind of grew and became a, uh, not only a friend but you know, a co-writer and, and we've made a lot of uh, projects together um, in every capacity. And so that was a fun one because it really like, got to showcase his comedic talent. Um, yeah, So I think that's my favorite Totally Sketch video. We
0: actually have that video here and I want to I watch it. So Oh, let's do it. Booth, if you please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think we need to talk.
1: <laughs> I'll say. They're having a two-for-one at Garden Burger. Are you ready to get your patty on? <gasps> Actually, I realize this is kind of coming out of the blue, but um, I feel like we've been growing apart recently, and <laughs> I just i feel like this isn't working anymore. What? I think we should break up.
0: I'm sorry. <laughs> that is so
1: awesome!
0: Wait. Wait, what? Awesome?
1: <laughs> I thought you were proposing to me. I'm breaking up with you. Y- you should be really pissed right now. Honestly, I've been waiting to do this for a long time. <laughs> I
0: know you've done all the work for me. It's like this huge boulder that I was carrying downtown, <laughs> always waiting down on me,
1: like the gravity of Jupiter is just loaded right off of me. <laughs> wow. I gotta go. I gotta pee. <laughs> Look, honey, you the bomb.
0: I gotta go. Whoa, 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 whoa. What's up, Dragon? <laughs> what? What's up, Blair? Hold on. What is this thing that you don't like about me?
1: Uh, you're a brunette, and I was always in the blondes.
0: Well, I can dye my hair.
1: Look, <laughs> it's not just your hair, okay? <laughs> then there's your boots.
0: What about my boots?
1: You don't have any. <laughs> rude you are in kansas and i want to go to colorado it's not you baby (laughs)
0: wow (laughs) if you want colorado i can give you colorado
1: but it's not just your looks
0: well then what is it
1: there's the whole thing about you wanting a career i want a woman who knows the kitchen like the back of her hand
0: (laughs) and you're more interested in having a job making money for yourself Look, baby, I will quit my job at Vogue and I will go take cooking classes. <laughs> oh, no.
1: And then there's the whole sex thing.
0: What about the sex thing?
1: You don't ever come at me.
0: Really? Dragon, hit the road. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> oh, <shoot. laughs> See, baby? I told you I could change. Oh, baby.
1: Now I gotta Change. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, I'd say all you gotta do now to win me back is just get the implants, get your hair dyed, keep up with the sex, get a new job, get a new life, and uh, we'll be on track to give this thing another shot, huh?
0: Oh, honey. Thank you.
1: Me and the guys, we're about to go out, so I got a piece. Um, I guess you could say we're gonna rip a new hole into the town and then we're gonna take turns using it in our own way oh yay <laughs> uh, so in the meantime if you could just clean this shit's dye up cause it looks pretty rough
0: no problem
1: oh I know I don't smell like sun-kissed tuna so that's gotta be
0: coming from you oh no <laughs> just or something of course okay you're the best oh and honey huh I love you that's cool Okay. Mm-hmm. hmm Wait, what the
2: fuck?
0: <laughs> that was amazing. Oh, thank awesome. You. <laughs> so, oh my
2: gosh.
0: okay. For real, though, like I feel like it's everybody's dream to just make silly sketches with their friends. Um, now that you're kind of doing this on this very large scale, does it has it change your perspective of doing it, or is every day so like I get to go work with my friends and make cool art?
1: Yeah, no, I think it's it stayed the same. I mean, it's, it's it evolved in the sense that, yeah, like being able to get paid for doing it and to have Whoa. that be your career. It's amazing. Yeah, Seriously. Um, yeah, no, I think uh, I'm very hashtag blessed.
2: Hashtag blessed. Okay, what is the creative process like? If you're with your friends and you guys all come up with good ideas, who gets their idea made first? Is there like a, I don't know, a, a battle
1: a battle sometimes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I think the battle usually comes like whether or not someone thinks something is funny or not. Like mm-hmm. it's like who's funnier, like what's funniest. Okay. Um, but luckily, because you know we've done so many sketches, like there's room there's room for all flavors of comedy. Uh, but uh, I find that generally, uh, you know, a lot of the ideas come from life. They come from you know either arguments you might have with somebody or disagreements or you know perspectives on the world. Um, I like to always take a situation that maybe has happened and then flip it and say, like, what's the thing I never would have done? And what would that be like? And how do you play that out? And so I find uh, a lot of comedy in just going completely against your, you know, expectation.
0: So talk a little bit about your uh, transition from shorts to features. So now you've got a ton of features, uh, The Thinning, Smiley. Um, oh, my gosh, I'm totally blanking on your latest one. I'm so sorry. No, The Thinning is your latest one. What's the one in between? internet famous thank you Um, so you've transitioned beautifully and you've got all of these great films coming out was it difficult to transition from short form to long form?
1: You know, it, it is in the sense if you're looking for someone to hire you to like direct a big mm. movie, I think everybody kind of wants to see your what you've done. Like, there's this weird thing. It doesn't matter if it's, you're an actor, or writer, director. It's everybody is way more prone to help you if you've already had a little bit yeah. of mm-hmm. success or mm-hmm. a little bit of work under your belt that's been showcased in some kind of formal setting. So, <laughs> I, I found that pretty quick um, from doing Totally Sketch from the and wanting to do features. So I kind of put my money where my mouth was and I funded uh, my first film, Smiley. It was a total, you know, very low budget indie production. But by kind of betting on myself, I was able to kind of instill a lot of confidence in other producers and other production companies and studios to then say, oh, wow, this guy's willing to do that um, and then make a movie that, you know, can live uh, amongst other movies uh and so that uh that gave me the ability now to you know go out and be you know considered amongst other directors um and, and get hired um but if i didn't have that that seems to be the biggest single roadblock i've seen with my friends or other people it's like getting that first project that first feature that first you know hired uh, big production um and, and so it's so much easier if you can just go out and make a movie which you can you can do it.
0: You can do it. I
1: believe in you guys.
0: Thank Definitely. you. Yes, yeah, so you guys have a whole production, uh, like, tools in your hand now. Yeah. Oh, shoot, edit, compose your music. right
2: there. Tell us about The Thinning. What inspired that project?
1: The Thinning kind of came out of our frustration with, you know, the education system um, and Common Core and uh, a lot of, like, kind of the, the asinine ways that people are judged. Um, you know, it's not... Uh, you know i think people learn and they grow at different rates mm-hmm. and the education system kind of puts you in you have to fit one mold you have to fit one track if you don't you're basically kind of thrown aside in society and considered like oh you can only do these type of jobs you can only have this type of life and they really scare that into kids so we thought well why don't we personify that and take it into a kind of a dystopian setting where there are life and death rules about achieving in school
0: taking it back to captain eo and just scaring the jesus out of people
1: <laughs> exactly it all comes back to michael jackson oh, in man. heavily sparkled <laughs> space wear <laughs> I
0: love it. yeah um so tell me i i know it's like to premiere a movie and even my own movie which is is a terrifying experience what is it like to just kind of throw it up and then wait like once it's mm-hmm. online just be like okay do, is there a lot of like sitting around? Like, is this getting clicks? Are you are you monitoring daily, or do you maybe give it a couple of days before you go back?
1: I, you know, I think I'm not as obsessive as I used to be. I used to be, like, have to know the numbers and stats and Mm. everything, like, every second. But now, I think, especially working with these other companies, you know, like we did the the thinning with Legendary, which, you know, they're, like, a big studio, so Mm -hmm. they were able to, you know, kind of, like, handle most of the marketing, all these things. So when you have a a partner like that who, um, you know, is so amazing and can, can really help get the film out there, it kind of takes the pressure off in a sure. way but when it's like your baby and you're you know doing every job you you know you care whatever someone you know his comment says on YouTube or whatever the review says or everything like you take it a lot more personally where if it's a bigger team I think it's there's a, you know you can relax <laughs> you can sip a cocktail while you read. A review.
2: <laughs> <laughs> how do you feel about YouTube Red as a platform
1: uh, I love it. I think YouTube Red is—it's uh, a natural extension of YouTube because what they are really trying to do is um, serve premium content to you know fans, to YouTube fans, and so uh, I think it's. You know, it's great because not only do you not have if you subscribe to it you don't get ads on your videos so you can watch YouTube without having to have pre-rolls okay things. I didn't know that so that clears that's thats a big selling point I yeah. think and then they've just started to get into the original content game with you know some of these original series and then the, like movies like The Thinning and so it's just starting to grow but um, I, I've you know, taking a peek at their slate for the next couple of years, and they have some really exciting stuff. I mean, they, they just did a big project with uh, Doug Lyman and something with Dwayne wow. Rock Johnson.
2: And nice.
1: Yeah, so there's some cool, you know, some cool people getting into the space, and you know, and they're owned by Google, so they have a lot of money. So they okay.
0: can, that company th- that helps. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm curious if uh, so, your brand, as we've discussed, it seems to be uh, horror and and maybe a, like tw- twisted views on reality. I'm curious if, like, how you came into finding your brand. Because we hear so often now that, like... As you present yourself into your, your given field, you need to have a brand. People need to know you by a, a certain name. And you've got a strong I was wondering how you came about it.
1: Yeah. Well, I I think I'm still developing the brand and figuring out, you know, what, what my voice is. I, but I I think it's kind of project specific because mm-hmm. it changes, you know, thing to thing. So, you know, with Totally Sketch, that was, you know, I wanted to do sketch comedy. I wanted to do kind of relationship humor, topical things, you know, uh, social satire. And then with Smiley, you know, I wanted to do kind of a psychological thriller, horror, like kind of a throwback. Um, And then with Internet Famous, I wanted to do kind of a mockumentary comedy, making fun of all these, like, YouTube personalities that I'd spent so much time with (laughs) and the egos of the world, which I, you know, still makes me laugh and and cry. Um, And then The Thinning, which is kind of like a YA dystopian teen thriller. So it's like each there's a different objective each time and I feel like I kind of put on a different you know kind of set of requirements and materials that are needed for each project so I think the voice part of it it evolves as you go and it just comes from your interests and you know, what you what you care about.
0: I think it's really inspiring to hear somebody that's been consciously shooting since they were 10 being like, I'm still figuring out, like, exactly what my brand is. Because it, it really feels like you have to know that right away or you're doomed. Like, you, <laughs> no one will want to pick you up. Uh, so it's, it's great to hear that that's something that you can develop even after you've officially started your career.
1: Yeah, I think it might have been easier if I just, like, leaned into one thing and just hit it, like, 40 times in a row. But I think I'm so ADD and so kind of... Uh, I get so bored with <laughs> with like just doing the same thing over and over to keep it fresh. I like switching genres. I like switching styles. Um, it just keeps. It makes every project more exciting, and and I bring a fresh energy to it because it's yeah. it's kind of like my first time doing a different genre, different working with different actors. So mm-hmm. it's uh it's just like you know getting a cold splash of water in your
2: <laughs> face. I noticed on your YouTube channel you have your contact info, and you're like send mm-hmm. us stuff. Do people actually send you submissions for things? Oh yeah, a lot. <laughs> sure. And you like swift through everything. And... Well,
1: they they not only send like submissions of ideas, but sometimes they'll send you know items. Oh. <laughs> To, like, a P.O. box. Do
2: explain. Oh, I uh,
1: yeah. Okay. I, legally, I don't know if I can explain. Okay, no, okay. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but, like, you know, they have fans that'll send, like, you know, sweet things. Like, they'll want, like, a, an autograph or something. Oh. But then sometimes people will send you, like, clumps of hair. Oh, Or food what? that's expired or, oh. you know, ticking boxes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but, yeah, no, they <laughs> send you some weird things. Um, that's what happens when you open, you know, some information up to the Internet and put your... Have an address out there. I've never given my home address or anything. Good,
2: yeah, keep that. You keep it separate. (laughs) Right.
1: But still, you get some interesting. (laughs) Have you ever made
2: anything that a fan has submitted?
1: Um, I'm trying to think. I think, yes, but they usually happen in some kind of roundabout way where maybe they'll have submitted an idea, but then. Uh, I encounter that, like I meet them. I, you kind of need to meet the you have people to meet them. because sure. you never know who you're dealing with, and you know. So there's a lot of like these big kind of YouTube conventions, like VidCon mm-hmm. and Playlist Live, and so I've met a lot of really talented, like up and coming, you know, YouTubers and writers and, and uh, actors. And so from these kind of conventions, these meeting places, um, I've collaborated. I've worked on other people's projects that come to mind and so it's, uh, yeah, I, I like keeping it within the community.
0: That's awesome. So it's great to hear that you love the community you work for. But of course, I think maybe the most obvious question is, are you interested in going into network at all? Or doing working with like a major studio? Or do you want to keep working specifically in a like live streaming capacity? Yeah, kind of I, live. But...
1: right. yeah. I think um, I, I like dabbling in both worlds. You know, I don't think you have to just pick one, um, you know, because everything's changing so much. Like you know, some of these the big shows are looking more and more like youtube content and vice versa. So it's all kind of becoming this one big blob of, you know, content. Um uh, but I think uh I think what I'd like to do more than anything is just work with good people, people that I, you know, think are talented that, you know, we can collaborate, you know, whether it's a short form long form. Like I like bringing the same people along. So even doing these features, we've worked with a lot of the same crew and a lot of the same actors um, And, uh, yeah, it's just, we like to keep that kind of family environment.
0: That's lovely. You were saying that with VidCon um, and stuff, you meet other people and you start collaborating. What is something you're looking for in these, like, are you looking at, like, script quality? Are you looking at uh, personality of the person? Is it a combination of both? Is it funds already being acquired? What do you need to have to get involved in a project?
1: Yeah, you have to write a check. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no, I you know generally it's just kind of you find a spark in somebody you know um, I think more often than not it, like I'll find an actor that way you know because mm-hmm. you're meeting the person and then maybe they can show you some of their work or you see them you know kind of performing there and then you know when some a role comes up then you think of them and you know bring them into the fold so I've had that experience more often than not but um, because I write and direct so much I don't necessarily need a lot of outs. Side material, so I'm not like keeping it that. I'm not like constantly, you know, uh, having a development process because, you know, I don't really have like a. It's not like a huge conglomerate of totally sketch. It's pretty. It's pretty (laughs) slim. Um, So yeah, I just kind of keep it simple. And um, but yeah, sometimes you know, a lot of times the actors that I work with they are so multifaceted, so talented. Like, they'll have scripts. They have original characters that they're writing for, or maybe they did it at UCB or, or Groundlings mm-hmm. or something. And then, you know, we'll incorporate, like, a character or, or a sketch that they have done live on stage, and then we'll adapt it kind of for the uh, the, um, the, the very small screen. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: love it. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, if you could have done anything differently in your career, what would you have... Is there anything you would have done differently? Or are you... Completely satisfied with how you got here?
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm very satisfied with how I got here. You know, I think uh, every step, every, you know, kind of, uh, you know, whether it's a, a mistake or, you know, someone could perceive it as a failure or a misfire or something, I think you need to kind of hit some roadblocks and have mm-hmm. some wrong directions to help make what you're doing stronger and to learn from that. And so uh, when you do get to the next level or you do get something that goes through, you know that it's because you've gotten all this feedback and learned. And I think that happens. But I think just by doing it by nature of YouTube, it's just very public. Like you just kind of see everyone's early work and you see them, you know, like make something that maybe wasn't so great or, you know, whatever. It's just kind of like it's a learning process, but it's in public. And so you just kind of have to develop that thick skin and not be too – Um, you know, kind of worried about what other people think and Mm -hmm. more, you know, I find that I'm pretty hard on on myself and most of the things I've made, I look back on and immediately I'm thinking, you know, all the things I could have done better, how much more time I needed, the more money I could have put into the set or, or, you know, know, there's just the, the million things that come up. But I think that's true with everyone. I think even, you know, you hear directors who do like a, you know, $100 million movie, they still... You know, they, you know George Lucas is still editing Star Wars somewhere.
0: Right. I mean, <laughs> James Cameron remade the stars in uh, Titanic so they would match the actual night sky on the night of the event. So, perfectionism is Perfection. a thing within our yeah. industry. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> um,
0: okay, so our your class has heard so far that they uh, need to be making movies constantly. They have no excuses. Um, post them to YouTube and uh, try not to care too much about what people are saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, check out the conventions. Meet up with people. Come prepared. Last couple questions that I, I think uh, I, I remember I wanted to know when I was restarting. So one of the questions I always ask, are there any books that you recommend to people just getting started? Were there any books that you read that were, like, fundamental in your development?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, I loved Robert Rodriguez's book, yes. uh, Rebel Without a Crew. That's great. That's, like, a really good, if you're like, oh, how can I make a movie? Read that, because he didn't have any ups he didn't have any help and he just willed himself to do it and it's his journal kind of through that process so I love that book um, I also love Sidney Lumet's book on directing
0: yes how That's, to make a movie is everything to me
1: it's amazing I've it's read it's so it like six short
0: times. <laughs> because you can because yeah. it's so short and it's concise and it breaks it down by department which yes. is very helpful if you're like I'm having trouble with a producer you just slip to that <laughs> and you're like don't argue okay got it thanks Sydney. and you're just right off yeah um,
1: exactly and and then Save, Save the Cat for screenwriting. It, I haven't like, read this one. Oh, you haven't read Save the Cat? Uh-uh. Oh, it's the best. Because you, you've it. probably read... <laughs> like, there's so many... I mean, there's some great ones. I mean, you should, you know, obviously read, like, Joseph Campbell, you know, about, like, the hero's journey I think it's really important. Um, but then once you've read kind of all the, like, the, the how to get into screenwriting books, you should read Save the Cat because it's all about the tricks and tips to help make your script more readable, more sellable, more kind of dynamic. And there are all these... Um, really fun tips throughout that I, you know, I'll, I'll still be thinking about it when I'm reviewing a script or writing, and it's it's helped you know tremendously. So,
2: um, what are you working on right now? Anything that you want to share with us?
1: Yeah, working on a couple of things. Um, we have a romantic comedy that we're doing yes.
0: nice. Does it have a air. horror twist?
1: We'll see. We'll
0: die. <laughs> Everyone dies.
1: No, there's. I don't think there's any death in it yet. yet. Yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, idea light bulb uh, yeah so <laughs> we're doing that and then um, yeah just trying to find the next kind of you know I'd love to do a big sci-fi movie I think mm. that would be so fun um, so yeah I'm just always kind of developing ideas um, yeah we'll Very see
0: cool.
2: stay tuned <laughs>
0: Right now, yeah, we're excited well thank you so much for joining us today and teaching us and I hope you guys had your notebooks out and we're taking notes because there's a lot of really good information but if you didn't, that's okay. It's recorded for posterity. You can go back, watch again, see our mistakes, learn from them, do better yourselves. Um, pick up those books because they're crazy amazing. And then, as always, if you guys have questions for our guests, you can leave them in our uh, either on YouTube or in our uh, iTunes. And we'll try to get them to our guests and maybe you can answer them afterwards. Um, leave us a five-star rating and we'll give you a shout-out on the air because we really appreciate hearing back from you guys and hearing what your thoughts are. And you can always join us in the live chat every week as we talk to our guest hosts. So thank you again, Michael Gallagher, thank for coming. Thank you so much.
1: You guys are lovely huh. and amazing and very talented. Thank
0: you <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We'll see you guys next Thursday at 4. Bye.
1: From producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network,